0: Judges chapter 2. And if I could give this one a title, it would be the cycle of sin. As we were saying yesterday, one of the themes we can see going through the book of Judges is just this spin cycle that we're constantly in of sin, judgment, repentance, deliverance. Sin, judgment, repentance, deliverance. You could make a song out of it because it's over. Over and over. And the overall idea of the book of Judges is don't be stupid. <laughs> Follow God. The cycle of sins thinks. A nicer way of saying it would be: don't do life your way, do life God's way. And we're going to get into that in just a moment because we get to see this all happen within one chapter. And it's going to happen again. But before we do that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much for getting the word out. As we are on our road to 1,000, we're going to get there, and we're going to get there with your help. So make sure you keep on doing that for us. Also, make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast. If you're a YouTube listener, go to the podcast and sign up, or not sign up, but subscribe to there as well, because it really helps us to get the word out. The more subscriptions we have, the follows, the more it puts it in search results. And so make sure you are doing that. Also, go to the Bible Breakdown discussion. Let us know how you are just interacting with God's Word on the Facebooks. It really does help because, man, the more we dig, the more we find. And if you, want your, if you want your heart blessed, go read some of those devotions that that team is putting out every day. It is so good. I look forward to seeing it every single morning. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the book of Judges because... It is a dumpster fire. It is, it is one of the ways you know that God has inspired his word. Because if God hadn't inspired his word, I'd have left some of this out. <laughs> I would have just said, well, you know, there was that time between Joshua and the kings. And praise the Lord. But no, no. Uh, can you imagine? Can you, can you imagine as Samuel? is, We're not entirely sure, but we're pretty sure that the final judge, Samuel, wrote this. Can you imagine as he has heard these stories being passed down, how many times he is just hitting himself in the head going, why did we do that? (laughs) But here's the thing. This is my story too, and maybe yours as well. I look back in my life and I go, God... Why in the world did I get up to that ridiculousness? Did I get up to that, that mischief? And the thing is, just the Lord is good, and He is merciful. And so we're going to see that today, and uh, we get to Judges chapter 2. If so you want to get your, your Bibles out with me, get your coffee ready, we're going to see how you know, Samuel is taking a moment, and he's kind of doubling back to talk about the death of Joshua one more time, and then talk about this first cycle of sin that he kind of sees. And you really could look at this as a summary of the entire book of Judges. So we're going to jump into this, stop along the way, and we're going to see what God's Word has to say to us as we just kind of tour guide through the Bible and just enjoy God's Word together. Because all of God's Word is effective, even if it's just effective for telling us what not to do. Are you okay? You ready? Here we go. Judges chapter 2, verse 1. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Egypt into this land that I swore to give your ancestors. And I said I would never break my covenant with you. For your part, you were not to take any covenants or make any covenants with other people living in the land. Instead, you were to destroy their altars. But you disobeyed my command. Why did you do this? So now I declare that I will no longer drive Uh, of the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your sides, which sounds painful, and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. When the angel of the Lord finished speaking to the Israelites, the people wept loudly. So they called the place Bokim, which means weeping, and they offered sacrifices there to the Lord. Now pause. All throughout Judges, you're going to see this phrase: the angel of the Lord. Now, it's a very interesting theological thing going on here because there's a couple different things that could be happening. Number one, and I will admit most likely, this is an angel of the Lord, (laughs) turns out, you know, and likely it's the angel Gabriel. During the Old Testament, when they didn't have the Holy Spirit living within them, you would have prophets who would have the Holy Spirit rest upon them for a moment and then lift off. You didn't have the Holy Spirit living within them. The way God would speak to people most of the time was either through the Urim and Thummim, which was in the, the, the tabernacle through the high priest. You can go back to Deuteronomy to read about that. Or God would have an angel visit these people. So number one is... Most likely it is an angel, which is amazing, right? Number two is this might be what some people call a Christophany. And what a Christophany is, is it is a place in the Old Testament where Jesus appears. Because when you have angel, angel means messenger. So it's the messenger of the Lord. And so it's likely that, but some people say that there are moments here when it's actually Jesus showing up and talking. Now, I don't personally prescribe to that, but it is there and it is interesting to look at. So I would encourage you, if you're interested to find out where in the Old Testament there's some possible Christophanies, you can go and you can search. Go to gotquestions.com. And Bible questions, BibleStudyTools.com, and you can go and deep dive even further and see where these are. As an example, in the book of Daniel, when it said that the three Hebrews were thrown into the fire, but there was the fourth one, and he looks like the son of God. Some think it was an angel. Others think it was Christophany. So we're going to see that angel of the Lord come up over and over and over again. And so if you'd like to dive into that further, it's just a very interesting conversation. Here we go. Verse 6. After Joshua sent the people away, each of the tribes left to take possession of the land allotted to them. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him. Those who who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. That's an old joker, all right? They buried him in the land that had been allotted to him at Timnath-Serah in the land uh, hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gahash. That's Samuel connecting Joshua to Judges. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. Israel did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. And they went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them. And they angered the Lord. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? They abandoned the Lord and served Baal and the image of the Escheroth. This made the Lord burn with anger against Israel, so he handed them over to the raiders who stole their possessions. He turned them over to their enemies all around, and they were no longer able to resist them. Every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them, causing them to be defeated just as he had warned, and the people were in great distress. So first of all, you see, the problem is, is the next generation didn't know who God was. Now, that's not their fault. It's a generation beforehand that didn't teach them. And so some of this falls on their parents because they didn't teach them. But now they're adults, and it's time for them to find out for themselves. And shockingly, (laughs) when they turn away from the Lord and serve Baal, it's Baal, but Baal is actually the the Hebrew uh, way to say that, Baal, uh, and the image of Astaroth. Uh, It doesn't go well for them. So here's what happens in verse 16. The Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Yet Israel did not listen to the judges, but prostituted themselves by worshiping other gods. How quickly they turned away from from the path of their ancestors who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel... He was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout that judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people who, had abandoned, uh, he had abandoned by, uh, who were abandoned by oppression and suffering. But when that judge died, the people returned to their corrupt ways, behaving worse than those who had lived before them. They went after other gods, serving and worshiping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. So, the Lord burned with anger against Israel, and he said, Because these people have violated my covenant, which I made with their ancestors, and have ignored my commands, I will no longer drive out the nations that Joshua left unconquered when he died. I did this to test Israel, to see whether or not they would follow the ways of the Lord as their ancestors did. That is why the Lord left the nations in place. He did not quickly drive them out, Or allow Joshua to conquer them all. So you can see, Samuel goes ahead and tells us at the beginning this is the cycle that's going to happen. They're going to be in distress. God's going to have pity on them. He's going to rise up, raise up a judge. That judge is going to be awesome. We're going to see some ninjas. We're going to see some strong men. We're going to see some boss girls. It's going to be awesome. And throughout the life of these judges, they're going to be fine. But as soon as that judge dies, not only do they get bad, they get really, really bad. And it gets worse. And then notice how he says at the end that there was a purpose. Why God didn't immediately just have all the people of Canaan to just move away. You ever wondered about that before? Why is it that when the nation of Israel crossed over Jordan, why didn't God just have all the Canaanites just scram? You know, just just skedaddle, as they would say is because it said that God wanted to test Israel. Would, he, would they obey him? Would they be able to grow into the promises that God had? And it, wasn't, it, was, it was up to them to pass or fail, and fail they did. <laughs> and because of that, consequences ensue. And so what can we get out of this chapter? What's the application for us? And that is this, that God has a plan for our life. And what I love about this plan is that even when it goes wrong, even when we forget about God. God will sometimes, will take his hand of blessing and mercy off of us, and sometimes we go through a difficult situation, difficult valley, but God always has pity on us, and he'll bring us back out. Why does God you know, not just take away all problems? Well, one thing is, is that it teaches us to trust him, and the second thing is, is that sometimes God will put us in positions so that we can learn. Example, when you go to school, you, know, you sit in class and you learn and you, you're exposed to new information and all of this. But eventually, a good teacher is going to have a test. Now, the reason why that good teacher has a test is not because he or she hates the students. It's because they believe the students are ready for something new. But the only way they can be ready for something newer or to see is they have to pass a test to see if they've absorbed the information. And so many times God will put us through seasons of testing in order to see if we're ready for that next step. And as you can see in the nation of Israel, he's like, okay, I think they've learned. Are they ready for the next step? No. (laughs) Okay, well, let's go back in and let's try to learn this lesson again. And I know what I've seen in my life many times is many times God will put me in a cycle of continuing to teach me the same lessons until I finally learn that lesson. And when I learn that lesson, God is more excited than I am to take me to that next level so I can learn more, experience more, do more, but he's not going to put me in a position where I'm going to fail miserably. So he's going to let me keep going. And in my mind, that's what I see in in the book of Judges is God is constantly letting them go through a cycle. Have you learned? Okay, no, let's do it again. Have you learned? No, let's do it again. God is way more patient and faithful and willing than we are. God cares more about our character than our comfort. And so the question I would ask for you today, if you feel like that you have just been in one cycle after another, then the question would be, is there something that God is trying to teach you that he wants to then use in the next level? But he's not going to give you that next level if you haven't learned what you need to learn. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe just bad things are happening to good people right now. There, there's other things that could be going on. But it's possible that if you feel like you're going through a cycle over and over again, maybe it's because God is trying to teach you something and he will allow you to stay in that cycle until you learn that lesson because he wants you to be able to survive where he wants to take you. Can we pray together? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you love us, that you love us so much that Lord, like a good teacher, you will give us the test to see if we're ready for more. And if we're ready for more, we'll get another test. And we'll get another one. So we continue to grow. And I I pray, God, you'll help us to see our lives like that. Not not to see our lives as one problem after another, but for one opportunity after another to grow and learn and become everything you have for us. My prayer today, God, is we'll see life in that way. And we will grow in you every single day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't forget, God's word says in Judges chapter 17, in those days they had no king. The people did what would ever seemed right in their own eyes. And whenever you do what is right in your eyes, it leads to bad places. So don't do life your way. Do life God's way. It leads to better places. Tomorrow, we're going to see some of these judges and what they do. But we'll get to that later. Right now, I love you. Hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow for Judges chapter 3.